Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Isn't he good? Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Well, I'm Pastor Paul. I'm the youth pastor here. And uh, Daniel was not going to be here this morning, but his plans got canceled as he here, and he'd already asked me to share the word. Uh, before we get into the word, uh, you all were given Hope 5-1. Did you know? Uh, please read this. Uh, this is a real thing. Don't think because we're in Warsaw, it's not a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a ministry you need to look into. But if you got this, if you didn't grab one on the back before you go out, this is, this is something we need. Also, we do have uh, a lot of things coming up. There is no open gym tonight. I'm not going to ask parents to get out on a cold night like this to take their children out to the open gym. And so there's no open gym. Jim, and therefore on the schedule, there won't be none next week, but the week following. And uh, so bear with us. And uh, I know all you parents want your teens just to stay right at home, right under your feet to wear you out because they're, because they're bored, right? And so be it them. Another thing, March, we have a concert coming up that we're going to be taking our youth to in Springfield and, uh, and Winter Jam. I think there's nine groups there. And so we're going to be taking them. Might need a little help. We'll let you know if we do. Uh, we definitely will need help. July, just be thinking about this. Uh, the first week of July, we will be putting on a youth camp for our junior high students, and it's going to be at the Baptist Ridge. We have the campground. We got to supply all the food, be all the music, all the, all the Word of God, and so I might be calling up on a few. I've already called up on one that I know of that's going to bring the Word, and, uh, and so let's, 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 let's uh, be praying about that. And then also, in June... Uh, about the middle of the week, I'm taking 12 or 13 teenagers back to Dallas. Uh, we're going to go to Dallas to the uh, Christ of the Nations campus, and, and, and it really helped our youth out last year, and we're going to be taking them again this year. And, uh, and if you want to help out financially, sure can. We try to, I try to do a lot of things with the youth that doesn't cost the parents anything, and, uh, because I know times are hard. And, 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 and so we were able to do this last year with just simply going out and getting money from people I knew and, and from, a car, uh, from a car wash that we did and other things. And so I'm looking forward to it. Youth, you ready to go to Christ for the Nations? Yeah. Amen. Yes, it's going to be a good time. So, you know, I begin to think about, you know, this year. And, and how many would just love to say, man, 2024 is going to be a life of victory. I, I, just, I just won't. Let me just stop one minute. Let me stop one minute. I'm sorry. My mother-in-law's here, Arlene. She is 80 years old today. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday. Yes. Amen. And if you want to know where Vicky gets her dress attire out, just ask her mom. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so it's, that's where it, it, somebody told me the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. So anyway, but, but living the life of victory in 2024. I mean, how many of us sit in church... And we hear about victory, and, 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 and scriptures are quoted, and it makes you think, man, I, it, it makes you want to jump. But when you're out of church, you don't seem to be able to attain that. You don't, you don't, you're, you, something happens. I mean, it's not far when you leave church. Maybe you get in an argument with the wife, or one of the kids upset you. Or you get home, and you hadn't opened your bills, and you look, and you get a bill that upset you. Or a friendship. Whatever it is, there's a lot of things that happens that rob us of our victory. And, and so we have to get to the point because 
Jesus declares that we can live victorious. How many believes that you can live in victory? Amen. You can live in victory. I mean, whatever is, is, is knocking at your door today, if it's sickness, you can say, sickness, get behind me. If it's financials, you can say, finance, get behind me. I mean, whatever it is, we can depend upon God to help us and to give us strength. Now, let's see if this works. Was the enter button? It was. All right. Uh, I brought my own laptop from work, so I didn't have to borrow Danny's or anybody else because I work on Apple products, but at work I work on a laptop. So I did the whole sermon on a laptop. Got here this morning, black screen. And I was like, oh, no. It, but but uh, we figured it out. So victory in 2024 will come through Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we know right off the dot that victory, it can only come through Jesus Christ. It only happens through Christ. If, if we're thinking outside of Christ, if we're trying to attain victory outside of Christ, we're relying on the flesh, and our victory is going to be short-lived. If, 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 your victory, if you look at victory and you look at your pocketbook and that determines your victory, it's going to be short-lived, Right? Right? I mean, if you look at your health even at times and you depend upon your health. In other words, you've got to depend upon the Lord for victory. And I, and I love living in victory. And, and I'm talking about a victory that you know. That you know. I mean, let's face it, man. I mean, when you think about Jesus... I mean, when he came to earth this first time, he came in a, in a baby manger, and we see Christmas, and we get all, and he came with the message of love and forgiveness, and we look at that, and it seems like we're so hung up on that, that Jesus, but I want to tell you, the next time that Jesus comes to this earth, it's not going to be that way, my friends. It will, if you know your Bible, it's not going to be that way at all. Matter of fact, it just came to me, so I'm going to see if I can find it here right quick. It just came to my mind. I'm going to tell you how, and I should have probably put this in my notes, but I'll tell you how he's going to come. And this is how we need to see him when he comes. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up right quick. Thank God for technology, right? Uh, here we go. All right. So when you think about Jesus, because I think we get so hung up on, on uh, the Jesus that, that's gooey, that's that, that's that's a bunch of feelings, and that that he's going to make everything okay. And and before we know it, we start talking to God, and before we know it, if we're not careful, even in the church, everything becomes so selfish. It's it's every time we talk, it's about us. And really, when we gather together, the main conversation should be about Jesus. Can somebody say amen? It should be about Jesus. And so, when you look at John, I mean, we need to see Jesus the way John seen him in the first chapter. We need to see Jesus this way. Listen to this. He said, John, to the seven churches of the promise of Asia, grace and peace to you. This is chapter 1, Revelation, verse 4. From him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us, and freed us from our sins by his blood, mm. and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God, his God and Father, to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierce him, and all the peoples of earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I, verse 8, am Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. 
I, John, your brother and companion, and the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are, that are ours in Jesus, who was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, on the Lord's day. Now, watch how John sees him. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. Mm. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Has anyone ever been in the spirit? Which said, write on a scroll what you see and send into the seven churches. To Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergam, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. He faced like the sun shining in his brilliance. When I saw him, I fell, feet, I fell at his feet as though dead. Mm. Mm. Man, I think sometimes we think we just can just walk on in and just start talking to Jesus no matter how we live, how we think, or how we act. And I want to tell you something. If you want to, I, I'm going to help you out this morning, hopefully with the Word of God. Would you, if you want to live in victory, you've got to see Jesus like John seen him. Man, you've got to fall before him and you've got to say, man, you're Lord, you're everything. Because I want to tell you, when he comes back the next time, it's not going to be like a mammy-pammy little Jesus. It's going to be the one that's victory. And he won victory on the cross. I don't know about you. I read what happened. I'm telling you, he went down and he raised war in the ha- in haze. And he defeated all sin. Everything that you can fake of, he defeated. Can somebody say amen so if we know that about jesus and i don't know why i read that i just i came to my mind pastor uh just but if we if we want to live in victory we got to understand that jesus that we're serving has already fought the battle I mean, he won the battle. He raged war against Satan and the enemies. Then when he said it was finished on Calvary, how many believes it was finished? We don't need to add to it. We don't need to do anything but accept and say, yes, it is finished. So we get into the Word of God. Now listen, victory in the Christian life is not the absence of conflict, but the presence and protection of God in the midst of conflict. William MacDonald. We're going to have conflict here on earth. We're going to have things. We're going to have battles. But it's our attitude and it's our approach to those battles will determine the outcome of those battles. And I believe, my pastor and I was talking about it, some of these battles, we, we get, a lot of people get God confused, the sovereignty of God, with God's foreknowledge. See, God foreknows everything. He's all-seeing. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. And because he knows everything, God never condones sin. He never condones anything. But he may allow certain circumstances to come into our life to help us have an experience with him. Mm. Mm. You say God might allow something? Because of God's foreknowledge, he already knows every move I'm going to make. God knows every move you're going to make. He knew that every move you was going to make for the beginning of time. He's all-knowing. Either he's all-knowing or he's not. All-knowing to me, I'm pretty simple. Just means he knows everything from the beginning and the end. When John said him, he was alpha and he's omega. He was the first. He was the last. God is all-knowing. And so when I think about that, some of the battles that I face, he, in his sovereignty, can bring glory out of those battles 
to help me. Now, here we go. Now, the opposite of victory. This is the opposite. See if this, if this fits any of you. Has anybody ever experienced defeat? Loss. Overthrow. Beating. Rout. It was a rout last night, wasn't it, with Kansas City and uh, Miami? It was a rout. Yeah. That, I thought somebody might shout on that. Uh, they're, they're, y'all know y'all are reserving all y'all's praise for the Cowboys today. Uh, whipping. Trimming. Upset. Failure. Disaster. Licking. Collapse. Debacle. Shackling. Flop. Washout. Decline. Slip. Slump. Setback. Unsuccessful. Well, that's the opposite of victory. Can we all relate? Sometimes we feel this way. Sometimes it seems this way. And the opposite of victory from a spiritual view. Because there is a worldly view. Now, now, now bear with me here. There is a worldly view how you look at things. And there's a spiritual view how you work out, look at things. Now watch. If you look at things through the word of God, if that's your lens, you're looking at things spiritually right. If you look at things in the world that happens through worldly thinking, because you bought on the mindset of worldly thinking, you're looking at them in the flesh. We're talking now, I'm talking hopefully this morning to Christians. If you're not a Christian, I'm praying this morning, before it's all said and done, that you come to know him. But secular, not connected with religious or spiritual matters. You ever been around somebody in the church and they start talking to them and they're talking about all their conversation is secular. It's about worldly things. It's about worldly thoughts, worldly mindset, worldly things. I'll throw this in there because maybe this will help you relate. Have you ever been around somebody that all they want to talk about is their Republican views or their Democratic views? And and I, I want to tell you, are you with me this morning? How many understands that it really don't matter in the kingdom of God, whether it's Democrat or Republican, the the, the word of God is about the deep things of him, his thoughts, his actions. They're not political. They're to help you out inwardly. Can you say amen? Now, I know that might upset some people. But when when, when that that crowd you're thinking, listen, because I want to build this. If If you look at the world today and you turn on the television, if you watch news, if you don't, you're probably just as well off as those who do, right? If not better. But it's disappointment after disappointment. If you, re- if you look at the news today, there's wars breaking out on every front. Whether it be North Korea, or, you know, aiming at South Korea. Whether it be us firing missiles at Yemen. Whether it be Isaiah, uh, I mean, uh, Israel in the Gaza Strip. Whether it be uh, you know, uh, Ukraine and Russia. Whether it be now with Taiwan and China. And, and you look at that and you see the wars are breaking out. It's depressing. If you turn on the news and you just look at all the corruption in the government. If you turn on the news or you read stats about, about you know, this right here. One on, you know, when you look at this about you know, slavery, sexual slaveries, sexual people. There's more people today that are enslaved than ever that are slaves today than ever in history. You can read about it. Ever in history. And all of that seems to just like, wow, it just comes weighing down on you and you're like, wow. And if you're not careful, now, now bear, with, bear with me, you get, you get caught up into thinking that way. 
That, that type of thinking, look, woe is me. Look, the world's coming to an end. The world, man, there, there seems like there's just no hope. Who are you? I don't know about you, but I'm the people of God. I don't know about you. My hope's not in this world. My hope is in heaven. Can you say amen? See, if your hope's in this world, if it's in a political view, if it's in anything that's worldly, I hate to tell you, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. But if you want to live in victory, you've got to be different. You've got to have the different mindset from the opposite of victory from a spiritual view. You've got to have, you can't be like this, lacking religious faith or belief, not having or showing any spiritual qualities. You, you've got to be the opposite in your thinking. And if we don't, we get bogged down into to just, we've been, we've been brainwashed, if you will. You, you know, you, do you understand that's what commercials do? They brainwash you? Do you understand when you're on your phone or you're on your iPad or whatever it is and those pop-up blocks happen and they want to sell you something or whatever or they want to, they, they, let me tell you something, do you know today, do you know today that if you Google, you know, and if you're just all about being a Democrat, do you know things are going to pop up on your phone that you Google about Democrat? If you're a Republican, they're just going to keep popping up. You don't think that's not by design of the enemy? Look, he's been defeated. He's been defeated. And he has all this stuff. And he's, our, our, our wars against flesh, not with flesh and blood, but with, with, with principalities and with, with, with the evil one. And he, and he tries to do all this. And so if he can get your mind clouded, you're never going to live in victory. I don't know about you. I can start typing in right now. It don't take me long. And I can tell you, I have my phone and my iPad programmed. And I didn't do it by buying a program. But now all I got to do is put in a couple of words. And they're always going to be biblical or scripture because I don't Google anything else. And do you know scriptures just start popping up automatically? Why? Because that's technology. That's some of that probably AI stuff. I don't know. I just know that it knows my thoughts almost. It can show what I'm doing. And I can show you that if you just start, if you start getting in the Word of God, and you start getting the mind of God, you'll find what your phone will do. You start just Googling about God on your phone, you'll find out what your phone will do. Scriptures will pop up. Things will happen. So I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, man, we need to live in victory. But then I come across a passage of Scripture. So, and, and, and listen to this. Living in victory equals overcomer. Now, 1 John 5, 4 states, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Hmm. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So the first thing that I notice about what John is saying here, he's saying that if I'm born of God, that's salvation, it means I overcome the world. How many of you feel like you've overcame the world? Hmm? Now let me ask you another question. Let me ask it a different way. How many of you was 100% an overcomer of the world today you got saved? Anybody? Every hand should have shot up. Every hand should have shot up. Now, I hope to teach you something this morning because born of God's salvation, you overcome the world. 
I'm going to get to that in a moment, but you hold on to that thought because when I asked you at the time of salvation, I don't know about you, but the day that I got saved, my Bible tells me I was a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. My Bible tells me when I asked Jesus Christ into my life, the first, the first moment that I asked him in my life and I really received him and accepted him, the Bible says I've been born again. I'm brand new. How about you? Was you brand new? Well, then wasn't you overcoming the world? Wasn't you at 100% at that moment you overcame the world? Watch John, watch this. Born of God, salvation overcomes this world. Our faith overcomes this world, what we believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He overcame the world. Now, let me ask you a question. How many people believe that Jesus won the battle? How many in here are winning the battle? See, we got something's happened. Something's happened to the church. We, 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 we haven't seen Jesus the way that John's seen him. He fell dead at his feet. We ain't seen Jesus in the right perspective. And I, and I suspect that no matter what church you would go to, that people are not going to be bold and raise their hand and say, man, I felt like I was 100% of an overcomer the day I got saved. The day I got saved, Pastor, I don't know about you. I can only speak for Paul Stevens. The day I got saved, I felt like I could leap over a wall. I felt like I could climb a mountain. I felt like I was clean as I could be. I felt like I was going to have a new start in life. And if that's not the way it happened with you, I, I don't understand. I can't understand in my mind. I know there's different circumstances. But when I got saved, I was saved. I was saved from my sin. I want us to learn to live in victory. So when you get saved, now let me teach you something here. When you get saved, the moment you get saved, when we are saved, we become a new creation in Christ. Everybody shout out, I'm a new creation. In Christ. Christ. We're a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. When we ask Christ into our hearts, we were made clean at that moment. We were born again. Fresh start, brand new. However, we have to learn how to live this new life. So, I'm saved. I'm brand new. Nicodemus, he struggled with this. Can a man be born twice? Can he been born twice? He didn't understand the concept of, of a spiritual cleansing. He didn't understand the concept of a godly salvation at that point in time. He said, man, can a, can a, can a, mother, can, can a child enter his mother's wombs twice? He didn't understand. But when we are saved, we are brand new. Now, that is your position in Christ. That is your starting position in Christ. Your starting position is that you are brand new. The day you got saved, you're as clean as you'll ever be. Here on this earth, you're as clean as you will ever be. You was 100% forgiven. You was a clean slate. I mean, you was, it, you, you, your sins, even though they were, I mean, they, they were like scarlet, they are now just, just they're white. They're cleaned up. Is everybody with me? You're cleaned up. You can't get any cleaner than the day you were saved. You can't. But just like when a baby is born the first time physically, they have to learn how to crawl, 
they'd have to learn how to stand up. They'd have to learn how to walk. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we don't learn how to have to walk in the Lord. See, there's the rub. Everybody's excited when you preach about salvation, about being clean. And when you're saved, you're clean. When you're saved, you're brand new. Your position in Christ is that you're brand new in Him. John says this word that is kind of, it, it's really, now this is John. He says, we are overcomers because of the work of Christ on the cross. John had it pegged. Today you, are over, you will be an overcomer. You will live in victory today if you abide in Christ. In other words, when you're learning to walk, spiritually thinking, spiritually in your heart, your mind, soul, when you're, 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 you're learning to walk, you, you have to put in the good things of God. In other words, you have to have a relationship with Him. You have to be in His Word because if you don't put in the things of God in that newness, you'll revert back to that oldness and the oldness will rob the newness. We're going to see this in a moment. But positionally standing, you are in Christ clean when you're saved. But you've got to learn to walk. It's not just, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. It's, we, we do something with our salvation. We, 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 we tell people about our salvation. We're going to see this in a moment. Now, overcomer is my position in Christ. Future overcomer is my walk in Christ. Now, now swallow that for a second. Overcomer is my position in Christ. Future overcomer is my walk in Christ. Now, watch this. John said that we were overcomers. The same John that wrote 1 John is the same John that was on the Isle of Patmos. And look, look what he writes. I'm just going to read them for you. Revelation 2.7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes. Uh-oh. I thought John said we was an overcomer. I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Mm. How many wants to eat from the tree of life? Now watch this. Revelation 2.11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Who doesn't want to be hurt by the second death? All right. What do you got to do? What do you got to do? You got to overcome. You got to overcome. Now watch 217. He who has an ear, let him hear. And he's writing to seven different churches here, right? He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some hidden manna to eat. And I will, uh, and I will him a white stone and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives. Hmm. Revelation 226, there's seven of these. And he who overcomes keeps my works until the end. To him I will give power over the nations. Hmm. Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Struggle with that one, why don't you? Struggle with that one, why don't you? Blotting out 
I mean, struggle with that one. We won't go into that one. Pastor said he'll do a sermon on that one. And uh, we'll, we'll let him do it. I will not blot out your name from the book of life. How many wants your name to stay in the book of life? I, I'm not making this up. This, you can read this. I'm giving you the scriptures. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Boy, I want to tell you what a day that'll be. Ike, when Jesus says to his father, this is Ike. Mm, this is Ike. Mm, this is Danny. This is Barbara. This is Scott. It's right here. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Revelation 3.12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall not go out, go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven from my God, and I will write him a new name. Wow. Something about overcoming. Revelation 3.20. To whom overcome, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I've overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. I mean, how many wants to sit with the, on the throne with Jesus? Mm -mm. We all have something to overcome. So even though the Bible declares my position that I'm an overcomer through Christ because he defeated everything on the cross, that he was victorious, that he has the keys to hell and everything in it, that he is the authoritative one, he is the ruler now, Jesus is king of kings, he's lord of lords, he's alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I mean, he's all-knowing. I mean, he's everything. But we all still have something we have to overcome. Now, we can choose not to be overcomers, or we can press forward. And so many people deal continuously with the same thing. I mean, I don't want to ask a show of hands, but maybe it's registering today with you. Youth, I mean, I know it's registering for you because we talk a lot. But I mean, how many struggling with things that you've been struggling with for three or four years? And it causes you not to live in victory. And I don't know about you. I like living in victory, right? I like living in victory. So if, if, if my position is that I'm an overcomer in Christ, how come I'm not living as an overcomer in Christ? Because the Bible says, John, the one that fell dead at his feet, says that Jesus, that Jesus, that he tells us, he that overcomes, overcomes. How come I'm not? Can, I, can my position be I'm an overcomer and, and, you know, according to the Bible, but yet I'm not living as an overcomer? I heard this illustration, and, and it really touched me. How many in here is married? Raise your hand. All right. How many is excited and you're living in your marriage right now that, I mean, you're just, it's just full of energy. It's as vibrant as the day that you got married. Raise your hand. Woo! We got problems in the church. We have problems in the church. You have a piece of paper that says you're married. That's your legal status, right? That's your legal status. But you may have got to the point right now, just because that paper says you're married, that's your legal status. You're not living the status of marriage. You have drifted apart. You have no excitement. How many in here has ever had to work on your marriage? 
Better look at that, young people. It's work. How many would say it's work? Marriage is work. Yeah. My wife, I'm surprised she didn't start doing jumping jacks or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it's work. It's work. Not that I'm not married. I'm married to my beautiful wife. I'm married to the love of my life here on this earth. But there's still work involved in it. If you don't believe me, just ask her. She'll tell you I need a lot of cleaning up. I need a lot of work. (laughs) So I have a piece of paper that says I'm legally married. Jesus said when you ask him into your life that you are an overcomer if you abide in him. Legally, you're an overcomer. But there's something you've got to overcome. And I am here to tell you, I don't know about you, but if you are struggling today with some type of addiction, I want 2024 to be the year that you overcome. If you're struggling with maybe the jealousy, I want that just to be the year that you overcome. Whatever your struggle is, I want you to say, devil, get behind me. And I'm going to teach you here in a moment how we do that. Get behind me for it is written how many still want 2024 to be a year of victory now I want to tell you something living this Christian life do not be scared to say it is work we're not saved by works we're saved by grace grace saves it saves us that's our legal standing we're saved We're saved. That's our position. I happen to believe, I don't know about you, but I happen to believe in a theology statement that's called progressive sanctification. Progressive being set apart for God on His. So, in other words, my life should progressive should be progressing throughout my uh, my life should be progressing with Christ throughout my walks with Him, throughout my time with Him. I should say, got that tongue tied. But it should be a life of progression with Him. If it's not, if I'm just dormant, if I'm just sitting there, I'm allowing the devil to beat me up. I'm living in the past. I'm not living as an overcomer. I'm living as someone who's defeated. I'm living as someone who has no victory. I don't want to be that way. I want to be progressing. And I want to be able to stand up when something goes wrong, when all hell breaks loose. I want to be able to stand up, I don't know about you, and look at all hell when it's breaking loose and saying all hell may be breaking loose. I want to look at this world today and say, yes, this world may be in a bad shape. There's things happening on every end. But I'm telling you, I've read the book. I know what the outcome is. I serve a God who's in control. I serve a God who's alive. I serve a God who knows what he's doing. I don't serve a God who gets surprised by anything. I still get surprised today. I I, I cannot believe, Daniel, at 30 plus years of ministry, I cannot believe that I'm sitting here, and and I'm 40 plus years of ministry, that I'm sitting here and I still can be surprised. But Daniel and I, we usually meet once a week. Things happen that still surprises me. I'm like, I, I, I didn't see that coming. I couldn't have seen that coming. I never thought that way. Do you know nothing ever surprises God? Daniel said it last week because I got to thinking about the church. And and sometimes when I look at it through the flesh, I won't become an overcomer. And I remember we were eating. I remember we was down there getting some of that good old soup down there at the best cafe in the world that has soup. And and, and I was sitting there, and I was eating soup. And I I remember, I think I said something like to Daniel. I said, man, it seems like it's so fragile. 
At any moment, somebody in the church can get mad and leave. At any moment, somebody's feelings gets hurt. At any moment, somebody becomes unhappy. And some of these are your key players in church. And then you start looking. I said, it seems so fragile that it could all fall apart. And then I said, but you know what, Daniel? Our God's not fragile. Our God's not fragile. So, how do we become an overcomer? How many wants to be an overcomer in 2024? You mean you really got some stuff that you struggled with way too long? Way too long. You've been a Christian. You're in your, you got your position. You're, in, you're standing, you're in right standing with God. But let you have just struggled and struggled and struggled with your walk. Does that fit anybody? It's time to get victory. It's time to get victory. It's time to say, I can live in victory. I don't care what everything, I don't care if the cards are stacked against me. It's time to have victory. And there's one passage of scripture this in Revelation, believe it or not, that sums it up for me. Three ways to overcome. I'm going to read the passage of Scripture, one from the uh, New King James Version and the other from the NLT. Listen to what it says. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to death. Another writer puts it this way, and they did in, in an NLT version. The New Living Translation. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb, by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Mm. Three ways. Number one, by the blood of the Lamb. We always have to remember in this walk that we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. How many has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? How many this watching has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? I don't know about you, but I believe this with all of my heart, that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice without blemish. I believe that he was the only sacrifice that was ever perfect. And I'm here to tell you, I believe that that blood that Jesus shed on Calvary, it covers my sins. And when God the Father looks at me, he doesn't see the sin. He sees the protective covering of Jesus Christ's blood over me. How many is thankful for the blood of the Lamb? You can't forget that. Because the devil, he will try to convince you every way he can that you're not saved, every way that he can that you're not living in victory. He's going to try to beat you, defeat you up. He's going to use all kinds of things against you. But all you got to do is remember this. That Jesus' blood covered me. I preached a sermon here. I think it was two or three weeks ago. And, and I said I have ifs in my life. Because what if, what if. Let me make some more clarity about that. What if I hadn't have blew it. Where would I have been in my ministry? Don't know. And I will never know that here on this earth. But what I do know even in the what if. What if. That God's given me another ministry. And it's right here at Living Water. And I'm so thankful that God's called me to this church. And God is a God of second chances. And I, don't, I, don't, and, I, and I look back and I still think about the what if. But I'm also looking ahead and saying, man, this is good. God is using me. God is using this church. God is using you. How many is thankful that you're here at Living Water? It's all because of his blood. And here it is. Give me a few more minutes. 
by the word of our testimony. Now, this is so important to me. Uh, testimonies. How many has a testimony? Come on, church, raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand if you're saved. If you're not saved, maybe you'll have a testimony before you leave the day. You've got a testimony. And I want to tell you something. We need to start living like we have a testimony. We overcome by the blood of the land and by the word, the word of our testimony. How will they hear unless we speak, unless we preach? What are we supposed to speak and preach? I'm not someone who's been to seminary. I'm not, I'm not someone who, who, who's been called. We're all being called. We're all joint heirs with Christ. We're all of the royal priesthood. Can you say amen? amen. Testimony. I put in here, created testimonies will give you power to overcome. You say, what do you mean? Well, let's just say today, if you were struggling with some type of addiction, and, and whatever that addiction is, and I could name a ton of addictions, right? Addiction's addiction. Anything that you rely more on than you rely on God is addiction. So I was struggling with that. But man, how many hands will shoot up in the air right now that I had an addiction with alcohol or drugs and I'm going on three, four, five, six, seven years free. Look at the hand set up. That's your testimony. That's your testimony. And when you go and you share that testimony, that's how you become an overcomer. Because when you're in that world, remember that worldly way, that secular thinking, they don't see it that way. But when you say, let me tell you what my God's done for me. I'm five years clean, and you're talking to someone who's not clean. Don't tell me that God can't clean you up. Don't tell me that God can't put you back on the right path. I'm a walking example that God can do what he says he can do in his word. Be overcome them by the testimony. It don't have to be addiction. Maybe you're struggling. You've, you've really struggled with, I mean, you just, bitterness. You really struggle with it. How many here's ever struggled with bitterness and God's delivered you from it? Look at there. Look at there. Man, look at all the hands. Just with the addiction of alcohol, the addiction of drugs, the addiction of bitterness, and the hands just shoot up. It's your testimony. I want to tell you something. God's given you, a, I tell this to our youth, that God's given you a testimony. And let me tell you something, the world can argue against us all they want. And they can throw stats, they can do whatever they want to do. But there's one thing that the world can't tell you, that you're not saved. The world can't tell you you haven't been delivered. The world can't tell you that God's hands not on you because you say, I'm living it. They overcome them by their testimony. How many would like to start 2024 and finish 2024 with a bunch of testimonies? Mm, yeah, give the Lord a hand. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. The last little thing. If we want to grow in the Lord, we, we don't need to be afraid of dying. Now, now, listen. If you're not dying to flesh, you're not going to die to the Lord, for the Lord. You're not dying to your flesh. You're not going to be dying for the Lord. Now, if you understand anything about the first century church, persecution was, Christians were being murdered right and left. Right and left. I mean, John, our brother John here is on the Isle of Patmos. He's went through a whole lot of things. I think Pastor touched on it last week.
So I begin to think about this, and I begin to think about the church here in America. How many really feels like that your, your, your life is at risk because somebody's going to kill you for being a Christian here in the U.S.? None of us. No hands came up. But yet, here, when he said this and he wrote this, Christians in the first century, all their lives were at stake. So I begin to think, what is worse? Us being threatened by somebody to kill us physically are not dying to the flesh and walking in the Spirit. You see, as long as we think worldly, and as long as we think in the flesh, we're never going to be overcomers because we're fleshly thinking. So the spiritual concept out of this is that, my, my, that, that how do I become an overcomer? Because positionally, I'm positioned in Christ. Progressively, I'm growing. Is that I always need to stay on the blood of the Lamb. I always need to be thinking. I mean, I, when I came from a Pentecostal church, and I'll tell you, there was two old ladies, and I'll tell you, every service, they would sit over there. One was Miss Dodd, another was Miss Brown. They would sit over there in their chairs, and the whole time I would, I would hear them saying this, Daniel, through the preaching, through the altar call, through everything, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. And I'm thinking, my lens, what, what's going on here? Now when I go back in my mind, I can understand that, that they overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. They, I'm telling you, don't walk away from that concept. Stay under the blood of the Lamb, the umbrella of Christ, if you will. By the word of their testimony, I need to be creating testimonies so that I can be an overcomer, overcomer. And then, not to be afraid of dying to the flesh. Here in America, I think we live in one of the most dangerous places spiritually, spiritually, than almost any place in the world. You say, why would you say that about the nation? Listen, don't, be, don't, don't you sit there and look at me about my loyalty to America. I'm a United States Navy veteran. Amen. We got some Air Force veterans. We got some Army veterans. We got some Marine veterans. I love this country. I, I'm thankful that I served in the military. But I understand one thing in America. We are spoiled rotten. We have everything given to us. We can go buy everything we want to. And what's happened is it's came in and it's, cor it, it has corrupted our mind. And we walk in the flesh and we don't see things in the spirit. We look at them fleshly. We gauge everything about our status quo. So here in America, would God say today, I have somewhat against you as he did to the churches in this vision? That maybe... You've left your first love. Or maybe that you have all the riches and all the good things happening. But yet you left out your walk with God. It's hard because right now, listen, I can make you mad. And I hope I hadn't made anybody mad, Daniel. But you can walk around this church and you can say, I'm never going to go to that church again. I don't like that Pastor Paul. I don't know why Danny lets him preach. If I was Daniel, I would never let him get behind the pulpit. You can walk out, and you can never come back again. See, that's fleshly thinking. We see it. We, we, we deal with it all the time in the church. People's feelings getting hurt. People mad about this or this. Stirring up the pot. 
What does that do? It causes us to live in the flesh. I think when I read, be not afraid of dying, I think that's speaking more to our flesh, more to uh, our, our flesh than our physical body. Listen, if we don't deny ourselves, we're going to eventually deny the Lord. I want 2024, come on, a group or however y'all going to do this. I don't ever know which way the music or whatever. Are you wanting to be an overcomer this year? Do you want to overcome? Aren't you tired? If, you, if you're balancing, aren't you tired of battling it? You're wanting to walk, and I want to walk with you. Man, I love it in here. I tell you, I have a great testimony, and just, I, I mean, it's a powerful testimony I could share right now, but I just can't because it would hurt somebody right now. But it's been something I've been praying for. It's been something that's been developing, and I'm watching it develop, and I want to tell you something. I've been on cloud nine all this week thinking about it. I just can't share it with you because I respect other people's feelings. I love you, church. I want us to come in here on Sunday, and I want uh, young people, man, I want, I want us to come in here, and I want it, I want it to be a place where you see victory. I, I want, but what is that? What is, what is one of the Old Testament writers, what is that? I, I hear victory in the camp. Man, I want to hear victory in the camp. Do you want to hear victory in the camp? Man, do you want victory in the camp? I want to open the altars. And if you don't know the Lord, and you're tired. You're just tired of getting beat up. You're just tired of looking at this old world. I want to ask you to come to Christ and look through it through the lens of Jesus. I want to invite you to come and ask him into your heart and your life. I'm not going to beg you. I would if that's what it took. But I'm not going to beg you because I believe God can do anything. Pastors up here. If you want to come and you ask God to this altar, the night that I got saved, when he gave the altar call, I was on the back row, and I want to tell you, I ran to the altar. I didn't walk to the altar. I ran to the altar. If you're here, and you're just tired of getting beat up, you're just tired of getting beat up, you hadn't been living in victory, but something in this message has touched you and you want to live in victory, I'm going to ask you, get uncomfortable. Don't. You could sit there if you want to, but I'm going to ask you to come forward. I want you to declare victory in your life. I want you to say, I want to be more than an overcomer. I want you to create testimonies. I want the next time I talk to you, you know what I love as a pastor? When somebody comes to me and tells me that they've been struggling with something, and I get to pray with them, and then all of a sudden I see them again, and they tell me, Pastor, I'm going on five weeks. I'm going on ten weeks. Man, I love that. Man, if you want victory in 2024, deny the flesh. Be real with God. Father, I preached your message now. I believe this is the message that you've given me. I pray that your spirit will do the work. Your move, your spirit can draw men, women, boys, and girls to an altar of prayer and can accomplish more than a lifetime of preaching. I simply give it to you. I ask people would be honest with themselves. They would open up their hearts and see what you can do for them. In the name of Jesus, I pray.
Amen. Won't you come? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the prayer warriors. We got people coming. You might want to come and pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.